it's 10.03 in the a.m. I've got a cup of coffee in front of me. Welcome to Tell Me a Story I Love You slash What the F's a Sparkle Picnic. Uh, to tell two interesting stories. The not as good one first. I was walking home from work Memorial Day weekend. I guess it would be a Monday. Is that right? It's like about 10 o'clock. I'm walking home and the town is completely deserted. It's dark out. I'm listening to Pseudopod, a spooky stories podcast. Which is kind of slightly fitting, although I never got to the scary business, because as I'm crossing the uh, Christian Scientist building downtown, out of the darkness comes a man. Hey, hey. And there's nobody on the street, so it's like, I should probably stop. Uh, I don't really have a game plan if this guy is going to kill me. Uh, and I don't want to irritate him by running away. So this homeless man comes out of the darkness. Creepy little beard, dirty hands, wearing a leather coat, it's hot out. Gives me the spiel. It's like, nobody's out, I'm just trying to get uh, $17 to get into a shelter tonight, I've been in Uptown, there's nobody around, is there any way you can help me? Sure. I just made $8 in tips working all night, that's that's fine, you're going to have some of this. So I specifically get only $2 out of my pocket and hand it to him, and then I think we're done. No, he follows me. I think he's lonely. He follows me for the next five blocks and continues to try to get more money out of me, because there's nobody else to ask, and we'll pass people here and there, and he'll disappear for a second, and then catch up with me, and to tell me that Jesus Christ is his only family member, and everybody else has left him, he's lucky he's not on drugs or drinking anymore, he's sober, but he really just needs $17 to get into the sober house for the night so he can take a shower, so he can lay in a warm bed, you can't sleep outside, the police stop you, you can't sleep in building entryways, you can't sleep in bus stops, you can't sleep in bushes, he's sick of getting trespassing charges. Please, is there any way I can help him out with just a little bit more? No, man, I don't have any more. I'm sorry. So five blocks this little guy follows me. Mildly interesting. His name is Tim, by the way, and <clears throat> tried to show me this little cellophane CD, supposedly, of his cousin, who's a rapper in town, and I think I was supposed to be excited about it. And I was, ex- I was like, oh, that's cool, you have a family member in the music industry, cool, but I didn't know who it was, and I think he was bummed out by that. Anyways, I shook him loose after a little while, although he almost came home with me. <clears throat> Second story, which is way better than the first, is in two acts. Uh, story number one, two months ago... Right after I get off work for a mid-shift, so it's around 6 p.m., we go to the Electric Fetus. We park, and we head in, and before we can get in the door, this frantic guy comes up to us. Okay-dressed guy, like, in his late 30s, maybe, uh, wearing, like, work pants and a work shirt, and (laughs) he's coming at us, and he says, Listen, is there any way you can help me? I am not a bum. My car, my work car, with all, with my laptop in it, with all my work credit cards, with all my money in it, was towed out of that lot over there. And he points towards the electric fetus lot. And he's telling us, I just, I'm diabetic. I need to take a cab to the impound lot to get my car out. I have money there, but I can't get there. I'm diabetic. I'm going to pass out. Please, please, can you help me? I just need X amount of money. I'll take... I'll take you and your wife out to dinner. I'll take you out for a nice dinner if you could please, please, please. And it's like, all right, well, I mean, he doesn't look homeless. I don't really care. I feel bad for him. Here's, uh, I think, $8. I took out the wad of money I made that day, and I handed him the $8. And he thanked us profusely, shook our hands, did not get our phone numbers to take us out for dinner, and then ambled off after asking us, hey, what's the electric fetus? What is that place? That's a record store. So we kind of pat ourselves on the back, and we're both like, he seemed pretty legit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He seemed, 
he seemed not like a bum. Um, so for a few months, we're like, I wonder if we're ever going to bump into that guy again. Because like, if he's laying game, he, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He's convincing. He looked frantic. He looked upset. He seemed legit. So last night, I'm going over to the Nice Ride Racks, where you can rent a non-profit bike for free if you ride for just a half hour, or $5 for 24 hours. They're nice bikes. They're everywhere. Uh, I decided I want to go for a bike ride last night, because it's beautiful out. As I'm getting the bike out, out of the shadows, coming up Nicollet Avenue. Excuse me, excuse me, sir, sir, could you, could you please help me? I've got this card here with $47 on it, but I need to, uh, my, my car was towed. I need, I left it in that lot over there. And right off the top, I think to myself, I know this guy's a liar because <laughs> it's that guy again. But I also think, wow, he's really good because a part of me is almost like, man, you have the worst luck on the planet. You gotta stop parking your car in these lots. And as he's laying the spiel on me, I'm kind of just smiling and staring at him and almost laughing. And as I'm about to say something, he just keeps on walking. Like, I can't, I don't know if he recognized me from when he got money out of me before, if he knew that I knew he was a fucking liar. It was, it was amusing. He just kind of kept on going. I don't really begrudge him. I was amused. I was like, wow, he's, you're, you're good. You, you have frantic down. You've been practicing this for years. This is a good game you're running. But yeah, he just wandered off. I, I assumed that if, like, I had tried to keep talking to him, he probably would have beat the shit out of me. But I thought that was amusing. Those are my two anecdotes for the morning. I'm going to finish my coffee and then go to work. But here's the rest of the Sparkle Picnic podcast. Who am I talking to this time? I don't know. We're about to find out. Tell me a story, I love you. Sarah Enkin. I was going to be a nurse, and not only being at NCTC and receiving a shitty education on, like, all the pre-sciences, I also was just kind of, like, looking at the world, and I was like, I'm not going to be a nurse, and, and, you know, I want to be on the preventative side of healthcare, so... What about massage? I love massage, but it's too uh, labor-intensive, so by the time that I'm 30, I'm going to have, like... Some crippling old hands, you know. It's just, it makes more sense for me. Like, it's just about energy in the long run, and it doesn't matter how it moves in your body, whether it's by needlepoint or by contact. I have a list of topics. I don't know if they're good topics, but I thought you could pick and choose ones you're intrigued by. Uh, We can talk about whatever you want. Oh, uh, no, we can talk about whatever you want. All right. Well, it looks like we'll have a. Plenty to do. Well, here's here's uh, my list of things I came up with off the top of my head. Weirdest customer interactions because your time anywhere you've got to have like strange moments, right? Right. Well, with massage, with being a barista. Yeah, like pretty much any time you have to interact with other people, there's gonna be some fucking weird shit going on once in a while, mm-hmm. if not all the time. Yeah. Uh, gory biking stories. Oh, not so many of those. More just like retarded like things that I've done on my bike. Those are good, too. Right. Anything strange. Overly creepy dudes. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Jackpot, jackpot. got a handful of those. Uh, awful things you've seen. Okay. Of course, Church of Light. That's the name, right? Center of Light. Center of Light. Shit. Okay. It can, of course. Which we can talk as little or as much as you want to about that. Okay. Massage therapy and crazy nights out. Those are my lists. Because there's got to be some good tales. Um, where to start? I I want to talk about the Center of Light because that is like the biggest brand like that I've that's the biggest scorched like most recent wound that I have. That mm. it's not really a wound. It's just like a 
an experience that I'm processing. Yeah, and it lasted a long time, right? It lasted for two... It was like a two-year intensive relationship with, like, the alpha female, one of the, the main reverend, and then getting into relationships with the rest of the women in the house. So it was, like, this nest of, like... The thing about this church is that it's, like, amazing because they really work at consciousness, and they're, they are familiar with, like, psychic endeavors, which was a level that I never got to, which I was kind of, like... Which I reserved. They were like, you need to... You know, like, you need to open up more of your... It it felt like they were saying, you need to open up more of your psychic space. I don't know if that's it, but, like, I kept a big part of myself, like, you know, on lockdown from them. Yeah, yeah. Just for... I mean, naturally, because, like, I mean, you know, human beings are protective. Yeah, you don't want to... I mean, if you give up that, you might lose that part, right? Right. Well, it's not like they could take my soul. Like, they did teach me a ton of stuff that makes sense that's very, like, introspective. Like, yeah, like, you know, like, you are... You know, the center of your being, there's things, like, they help me diver- differentiate, like, between emotions and feelings and just, like, really a lot of the, like, spiritual psychological stuff. But mm. spiritual experiential stuff is a totally different ballgame. Yeah. Because they're all coming from, like, they, like theory where I'm coming from, like, action. Because, like, I've had all these crazy-ass experiences being, like, a camp counselor, being a, like, Sunday school teacher not only doing, like, the white Christian stuff, you know, like, as far as spirituality goes, but also being, like, with Native Americans and earth-based spirituality and really getting into, like, studying Buddhism and other forms of, like, thought and mm-hmm. Eastern philosophies and whatnot. So I really, um... Oh, what was I talking about? What was my point? Theory versus action, which is something that I, like, stole from waking life forever ago, but it's something I completely, like, it clicks with me, you know, because you, you know the people who know... And you know the people who don't know. Yeah. And who say they know, you know, and about life. Yeah, and you can tell. I don't know if that makes sense. There's like there's like some innate, like inherent, like intuitive intuitive things that like you just can't say. And I think that's the one thing that drew me away from the center, because I saw that they weren't like yes, they were they had all the theory right and it was like you know, the theory was solid, but I was just like something in my gut was rotting mm-hmm. and I was like, No and Actually, I was there for two years, and actually one of the, the main teacher, who's kind of like the ringleader for this whole thing, um, Father Peter Bowes, he, um, he's an amazing guy. Like, he's, when I saw him, I'm like, that fucker did it. I'm like, that fucker did it. I can't believe, like, he's just got this level of consciousness that's just pretty amazing, but at the same time, I always, like, mm, you know, like, because he has all these, like, Christian undertones that, you know, like, we are the creators. There's one thing that I learned from those mystics, is that, like, we are the creators of our own universe, and it helped me see, like, well, you're creating this this universe where, you know, like, you're standing for, like, Catholicism you, by wearing the Roman collar and you're scaring the shit out of people, you know? Yeah. And I think that was, like, the experiential thing that I was kind of, like, whatever about. You know, that I was, like, this is starting to kind of get me thinking, like, I should not be here anymore. Mm-hmm. So I spent two years being celibate. I spent two years um, really working on being a better person to be in a close relationship with somebody. Actually, if I could say there's one thing that my goal for going through there, yes, to get closer to God, that's like, I feel like I've always been trying to do that my whole life, is trying to get in touch with what the fuck we're doing here and why, you know, like, what's, you know, you, you know the, your purpose in life kind of yeah. thing. And I'm finding the more and more I grow older, the more and more I'm more secure in what that means for me. And going through all these different experiences of, like, shifting in and out of, like, different social circles and different thoughts, like, or different group mind thought. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, um, it's just super bizarre, but I, like, fucking got 
two years of solid, really focusing on trying to get out, trying to get deeper within, and it like it, a lot of it worked, but a lot of it just like made me thirst more for like crazy times and like. Yeah. You know, there was there was one point where I was at the center, and it was getting towards the end of the two years. Like, I told Father Peter, I was like, well, I didn't tell Father Peter, but he told me that, like, two years we can make you a new person, you know, kind of thing. And so yeah. I was like, sure. So I got baptized, like, the first, or the second, um, second Sunday of Advent or something. And then I must have subconsciously kept a log of that timing because it was, like, the night before my two-year baptismal anniversary that I, like, took off. And so it was, like, I was, like, I gave them a timeline, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. All, if you can change me, sure. And, you know, I was, like, fuck that. And so I spent two years trying to, like, go within, but I really, my purpose for going in there was to, like, learn how to build a better relationship with another singular human being so that I can be in a, because I'd always have fucked up, like, boyfriends and, like, relationships as far as, like, yeah. You know, like, I'd always get into something, and then, like, they would never fully, like, satisfy, and it was, like, continual. Like, I would have probably had over, like, 60, like, sexual partners in my life, you mm-hmm. know, each one trying to, like, learn and formulate new understandings of, like, my relations with other people, and I feel like I connect most with men, you know, even if it is on a friendship level, but it's just because there's just something about the flow between male-female energy with me. Like, I love women, too, and I love, you know, everybody, but it's just that is where... So I'm like, you know, I want my life to be revolved around, like, a family and being, you know, and so I went into the center with that mission to be, like, I want to be, like, a good partner for somebody. And Mm -hmm. so when I went in there, I was, like, a partner with 11 women and learning how to, like, have a, you know, a celibate, you know, not having sex. I had sex from, like, 14 to 22 pretty much all the time as much as I could. Shut it down. And I shut it down, yeah, and that really helped, it did help do that stuff, but it shook me up and it wanted me to, like, get out and get more crazy and, like, do things that I thought, you know, like, that I thought I'd never do and that I'd die because I was afraid, so. So, having, how long ago did you leave? I left in December, like, beginning of December, and it's, what, almost May now? Yeah, well, so do you, are you able to, do you feel your connections are much different now coming out? Like with meeting, people? With, with people or, or men. Like, I mean, you're in a relationship now, right? And is that... Sort of. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to get my bearings. But yeah, like my relationship, like I'm learning at a rapid pace now. Mm-hmm. Like extremely rapid pace. I mean, I'm, I know that like, I just need to find the right kind of person that wants to like, that like, that I click with. Mm. You know, and I feel like, you know, I've always, what I'd done was given up, you know, and that was like a product of my family thing, and that's like kind of all the psychological healing that I got from the center was like a lot of family shit. Yeah. And so now that I look at that, like I look at the world from like a family dynamic perspective. Like, you know, most people, like a lot of their insecurities and shit is what I learned from the center is that they fucking, it's all from not feeling loved from your mother and father, which also translates as, like, you're putting them in the God position or in, like, this, you know, like, you know, unconditional love position, which, you know, you're human. You know, you can't really have that. So you learn how to translate that over to a higher power, you know, that desire and that need. And so you drop all of these, like, projections and illusions of what you think and, like, wounds of what you think. So has it always been, like, just a lot of disappointments after a certain period of time? Where you're like, with oh, them? Yeah, with, with guys, you know, like, this, oh. this isn't, uh... This I'd isn't always make I'd them into daddy. I wanted, always, always wanted to make them into, like, my dad, and I would never befriend them, and I would either put them in an authoritative position and then feel manipulated by them, or to put my partner into <coughs> the submissive, submissive and, like, have control over that, and they yeah. would be the 
you know, whatever. The and, little guy. And both of those kind of killed each time? Yeah, or, oh god, yeah. I mean, know? there's no balance in that, and, yeah. you know, so it's, and it's about, like, being your own person. So many people become a wee monster, and, like, you know, depend on each other, and it's just, like, it's not a healthy thing. So. Wee monster, that's a great term. Fuck, I've never yeah. heard that before. Yeah, you know it. When you see it, you're like, those people are one body all the time. You yeah. know, they might not be having sex, but they are, like, sharing so much of their space, mental, physical, emotional space together. It's like, I feel bad, because it's like, they're missing out on, like, developing inside, you know, like, growing yeah. as a person. You see a lot of sad relationships out there, too, where it's like, what brought you two together? Like, right. this is not, like, mm-hmm. you guys do not fit together. You don't look like you like each other, like you're having fun. You're just locked into, like, a duo, and, like, that's it. Nobody's People, questioning yeah, anything. Yeah, a lot of it's default. They just, like, default into it from a situational thing, like... Well, we're hanging out at the same place or mm-hmm. same group of people, and they're like, I like you, or they like, or they fall in love with this idea of who mm-hmm. this person is, and then it's like a fail thing, but then they are afraid to be alone, kind of thing. I mean, I feel like I've been through most everything, just not like abusive relationships. I mean, a couple times, like, guys tried to like get me to like stay with him and sleep with him, and like, it results in like getting face punched because you know yeah. you don't settle for that shit but but for the most part yeah it's like a lot of those relational it's pretty i don't know it's crazy <laughs> what's your take on these people that don't have sex before they get married oh my god like i mean it, I, not that it makes sense at a younger age but I, like there's some people that are in like their 20s and they've never had sex and they've like locked into this one person and like they're almost rushing to get married and get the family started. Mm-hmm. Probably not for that specific reason, but maybe on a certain level, too. I don't, you, know? you know, and I don't know it, because I, I haven't experienced that. Oh, but from an outsider's perspective, I would imagine it would be pretty explosive, because you're, like, living with somebody, but then at the same time... But as a massage therapist, like, I'm so touch-involved that I couldn't imagine not touching somebody. Yeah. But, like, you're making out, but you're not having sex, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still touching, so it's, I guess... I don't know... Whatever, you know, it's, it may, you know, it's not really about the sex, you know, like, I'm dating somebody right now, and it's like, I've never experienced this with another person, and it's like, where you're even, like, in the same room, and you start to feel, like, that tantric, like, those tantric strings starting to, like, build between somebody else. Have you ever had that? No? Okay. Yeah, it's just, and I don't even know if he's conscious of it or not, but I'm really conscious of it. It's just, like, where you're, like, in the same room. It's actually my roommate. But, so there's, it's the tension, you know, like, tension, you know, yeah, yeah. you've heard of that, but it's, like, not only is the tension there because we're roommates and that makes it extra si- exciting, so you have to be like, whoa, but also it's, like, just, like, there are specific people you're extremely compatible with and, like, chemically, like, hormonally, it's, like, really, you know, and I feel that, too, so it's, like, really, it's just cool to see that develop between another person. It's, like, to be honest, I don't even think I need to have sex with him because it's, like, even being so close to him is, like, so overwhelming. You know, is that, and as a massage therapist and somebody who's been celibate for like the past two years, I mean, I guess that might be like, and, and plus I just got an IUD and so that like completely alters your hormonal makeup. And Mm. so I feel like a lot more motherly now for some reason, because I have this like little copper wire that I'm babying, like that I'm like, yeah, (laughs) even like my body's just kind of like, there's something inside of me. Let's nurture it. You know? Well, something that also has something to do with the way that my body's feeling with this other human being too. So, mm-hmm. but, unlocking certain things. Yeah, 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 totally. So there's a there's a lot there. I don't know. A lot of this is theory. Like I, a lot of my ideas are just kind of like. Well, I think most, you know, like, almost everything's like that, too, though. You know, like, so many things are, you can't really prove them, you know? It's just like, I I have a loose concept of why this is happening, and that's probably good enough, you know? Right, yeah. If you think too hard about it, you're just losing 
How, okay, so how did leaving the church go? <coughs> oh it my sounds God. like you, made, you did a midnight run. Almost. I did. I did. <coughs> Here's the thing. <coughs> Thanksgiving rolled around, and uh, I don't know what was happening, but I was just like, I was overeating at this point. Like, it was getting crazy. Like, I was emotionally overeating. I was probably 152 pounds, the most I've ever weighed in my life. I was just like so tormented. I there were points where I was like, I want to cut my, I want to like make myself bleed. I want to cut myself open. I told this openly. I'm like, I don't know why I'm having these thoughts, but I just want to let you know that I kind of feel like, um, you know, like spilling all my blood all over the white altar in the chapel. And I told this openly. I was just like super dark, and they're like, that's kind of fucked up. You're just trying to scare everybody. And I was like, this is happening for a reason, guys. You know, like I'm feeling all of this like darkness build up and side of me and you know and I feel like it was the collective of just things that weren't exposed at the center you know like things that they were dealing with I I've always been kind of a retainer for emotional bullshit you know and then when I'll start to like feel it and then I'll incubate it and then as soon as like you know nobody's saying it but I'll feel it build up and I like there was just something I don't know if I was like being dramatic or if I was making it up in my head or if it was like just a condition of my being and like I always, I've been told that I have, like, this imprisonment thing and where I always, you know, like, feel like I need to be, you know, something about being alone to be free, but I was, I seriously was feeling like there was just some weird shit going on with the dynamic of the group, and so I was, like, 150 pounds by Thanksgiving, and, like, I'm not vain or anything, but it was, like, a health issue, and it was also just, like, mental, and it was, like, this is not right, and I just, like, I started to get sick. And it wasn't, like, consciously, like, I'm fat, I need to lose weight. It was just kind of, like, I started to just feel sick, mm-hmm. and I stopped eating. I lost 10 pounds in, like, 10 days, you know. It was just, it was, I, I couldn't, I can't explain, like, what I was going through during that last week. But I um, had a dream two nights before I left about this tree that I slept under in my bedroom that I shared with this my roommate. And this tree, like, in my dream, died. And I was like, oh, that's weird. You know, like, it's... And I'm like, well, I'm already kind of in a dark space right now. I'm like, whatever. You know, it's just, like, death and dying. And then two nights later, I had... The night before I left, I had a vision while I was in meditation of a dragon. And... Like, the dragon had a clear face, but it still was, like, kind of, you know, it was, like, almost, like, scorpion. Like, it wasn't dark, but it was deep, you know? It was, like, a deep look on his face. And all of a sudden, like, this giant, like, cloud of smoke came over and clouded whatever, you know, like, the vision of his face. And it was just, like, the piercing eyes coming through the cloud smoke. You know, it's, like, the classic, like, crazy dream. And then all of a sudden, the smoke receded, and everything was kind of back to whatever, it was before, or maybe it changed or altered, but I know that the the smoke receded and everything felt okay afterwards. So I felt like that was kind of a premonition that, you know, like things are going to be dark, but they'll, they'll clear. And I've always been, I've always pretty much listened to my dreams or listened to any kind of, like any, any kind of like just feeling or intuitive thing. And it's always helped me, or at least I thought it has, unless it's a demon, like they say, (laughs) it could be something possessing (laughs) So, I don't know, that's just, that was, and then I, I left, I fucking, I was at work that day, and I was, like, they invited me back to, like, help put up the Christmas tree, I'm like, I need to make a stop before I go, and, like, I remember just feeling, like, everything turning inward, because I was sad that I was leaving, like, my family of two years. Yeah. Those were the people I hung out with for two years consecutively, because I believed wholeheartedly that I could, like, completely, like, alt, I mean, that seems kind of, like, you know, utilitarian, or what do you call it, like, 
utopitarian or no, that's, that you that's can like completely good. alter everything about your being in like two years and I know that I couldn't do that you know after a while I was realizing that but it was also about just wanting to like be free again because I felt like I was with like another family dynamic that wasn't one I wanted to build and I was just kind of tucked in there and you know, part of this little microcosm that they had. And so I was just like, I'm out of here. I went to Target, bought a couple boxes, and I went to talk to Rev and Lucille, and, like, I was, like, inward. Like, the whole time, I, I was like, I want to share my heart with you, and I want to be like, I love you guys, and I'm going to miss you, but you're going to try to keep me here. You want to know what they told me when I was, like, fucking... <laughs> when they were all, like... <laughs> The funniest thing was that it was the same night that Father Peter came out. It was, like, his CD release show, and they were doing, like, web, like, cast all over. And so, like, while they were watching that, I was, like, packing and not letting them know, all my sisters know, that I was going to leave. And so, like, I come over, and they were all like, ah, after the show. And, you know, the smart ones picked up on the fact that, you know, like, there was something weird in the air. You know, but I was just like, I'm leaving. (laughs) You know, sorry, guys. And I just kind of sat there and... You know, you know how you, like, fucking, you know, like, we just fucking, like, stonewall everybody. I had yeah, to do it. Cause, shut down and go. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I was like, I want to love you guys so bad, but there's just... No. <laughs> I love you, but not. I cannot grow in a relationship like this because it feels like a constant struggle for me. And if I made that breakthrough there, that would have been awesome. But it's just, like, I know personally that I would grow faster out of that environment. Mm-hmm. Um so I was just like, ooh, I gotta go. Locked everyone down. And there was, like, my favorite, like... I'm not gonna go there because I'll cry. But, like, I... There was a couple people and, like, it just was clear. Everything was clear. It was, like, two years of sobriety and I was really confused in my head and, like, really emotionally torn and, like, everything was clear before I left. And I was like, whoa. Was, like, I saw everybody for who they were and I left all my projections behind, you know? Like, projections of... Like, oh, this person reminds me of my sister or, you know, my mom, my dad. Mm. You know, just different characteristics of relationships I've had in the past. And everything was clear. I saw everybody for who they were. And then I saw the fucking bullshit that this place was, you know, as far as, like, I'm I'm just, like, still upset with it because I fell for it and just, like, didn't see it before. But it's just, like, they're, like, if you, you know, like, you're going to be on your deathbed and look back and wish you would have finished your work here. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of backwards and then just like there were some people that were like you don't even know it's just like the Father Peter song that debuted tonight like you just don't know you know you don't know what's to come or what's out there and it's like yeah I know that like I'm a being made of like all these amazing particles that stuck together and I'm like feeding energy into it and I'm I am a cell of energy in this life but I'm not going to sit around in a room staring at people who are wearing roaming catholic collars and wishing that i could be you know wishing or constantly wanting to be a better person but there the, the thing is once you move up higher then you're all about service but it's still just this like like self-flagellation it just feels so heavy and you know and granted i mean you're in your shit because you're not using drugs or substances to mask any of your feelings so it is kind of a heavy place but at the same time like they weren't it didn't feel like you know like when you're with artists you feel that like inertia and that growth and it felt very stagnant and I was like no you know yeah there's not really another direction to go right <laughs> like you've, you've hit you've hit the peak of what they have to offer and it's like so I'm just gonna wallow in this now well it's not it's it's not it wasn't really wallowing because like you you're kind of encouraged to have a positive mental attitude and whatnot but there's just 
there's something cloaking it. And I was like, I can't have this because I can feel that cloak. And it's not what I feel like being a human being is supposed to be about. So, well, what's the mixture of people that are there? Is it all young people? Or? Uh, no, you've got every like a wide variety. We've like massage therapists mainly. Like, there's a lot of like body people who are into like wooey woo stuff that like totally got brought back down to earth because these people are pretty down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got crazy ideas, granted, but they're down to earth. Yeah, I mean, there's just like massage therapists, you know, some psychologists, people who are like just people, people, people that want to be better people, people, people that are weird about being people, people that need help, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to relate better, and people who are stubborn, you know, and won't change as a, you know, as a person, and like usually they get demoted. To, that's kind of my joke was that like they got demoted to the Order of Mercy, which was like the brothers and sisters in white, and they were like to me it looked like oh the rejects that don't want to change, you know. And it was just, like, fucking crazy, you know? And then the dits were, like, they look like goody-goodies to me. And then the reverends were just, like, also people who were just uptight, you know? And then Mother, Father, Peter, Claire's or Mother, uh, Father, Peter, Mother, Claire, I just, like, they could be enlightened beings. They could also just be super conscious beings who are, like, so, like self-promoting or self-congratulatory. It just felt really bizarre. You know, there's just, like, a certain element about the hierarchy. Also. Did the CD release show put, like, a bad taste in your mouth? No, there's, he made a lot of CDs. He's made a lot of CDs and done, like, productions like that. But I've discussed him, like, with, like, with music and stuff. And, like, he's like, you should, when I first met him, he's like, you should be getting into music, just judging by my astrological chart that he just looked at. And I was like, well, I know that for sure. You know, like, yeah. you know, duh. But also, he was, later, he was like, yeah, if you were to make music, it would still be about you, you know, and it wouldn't be about God. I was like, well, that's kind of true at this point because I'm not that mentally developed to, like, you know, tap into the universal energy and share that with people. It is kind of still in my little world that I'm in, but it's like, why wouldn't you be, like, it's just a weird fucking way to put it. Why wouldn't you be encouraging and be like, you work on it? Yeah. You know, and, you know, it's just like, I felt the love there, but I also felt like this really, like, that, that, still that Catholicism, like, eh, just, mm, I don't know how to describe it. So what do you do when you leave the church then? Like, where do you go? Do you go back to family? Do you right, go- right, that's what you think. But I, what, when, I was, when I was there, I fucking, like, wrote letters to my family and told them, like, fuck off, pretty much. Like, you guys were horrible to me. Mm. You know, just told them the truth. And they helped me write a good letter. They didn't want me to be, like, attacking or to yeah. be, like, accus- accusative or, or however you say that word. Or, you know, they just, you know, they wanted me to, share that experience so I could let it go, you know, and it wouldn't, wasn't, it doesn't matter what they say back to me because who gives a shit, you know, like, because that's, because they're dumb, they're a separate person, you know, they're your parents, you know, like, that's just who they are, and obviously that's how they will be, Mm -hmm. you know, unless they almost die, have a near-death experience, and change their mental mindset, but, so it's just like, I didn't have anybody to go to, because I fucking flipped the bird to both my mom and dad and my grandma I pretty much told my grandma like back off you're smothering me I told my mom like way to be a drunk and uh it's nice to you know like it's nice being your sister growing up because that's you know or and your mother yeah. you know and then my dad I'm like where were you you're high the whole time it's like you were inside your head thanks you know like you could share he's a smart dude he's a fucking wicked smart dude my dad yeah, but he just, you know, just, like, keeps it up there, you know, keeps it up in his head. Cause... So, like, I told that to them, and I didn't, I didn't, I felt embarrassed. 
you know, mm. after I left. And I also didn't want anything to do with it. So I couch surfed for, like, two weeks. I hung out with my sister because she's, like, my soul sister, you know, for, like, I've spent more time, I've had more experiences with her than anybody on this earth, you know. So mm. she's my go-to, like, number one on my zombie team. But, um, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> um... And then I just waited out Christmas. Like, that was the hardest part. I spent Christmas, like, I didn't go to my family gathering. He was, like, high, surfing the internet the whole time watching YouTube, which was, like, so perfect for me. It felt so balanced. Like, I came from this, like, really involved, like, you know, giving your relationship to Jesus and Mary, which was what it's about, you know, like, what mm-hmm. that also is about, like, the two most perfect people that have walked on this earth you know like that's a pretty even if it's like a myth or a fairy tale to a lot of people like the idea of that the hope and the dream of somebody who could completely tap in to every single human being and love them and know how to love them is a pretty fucking sweet thing mm-hmm. even if it's a fantasy yeah if you know compared to you know 2000 years ago well, that's a really nice way to look at it too like i always feel like people lock in too much on thinking it's fact as opposed to just absorbing the ideas and the niceness behind things yeah but no they're fucking Jesus and Mary you read through some of their shit just even in the bible they were just clean cut even if it looked like you know I don't know it looked like they were they were real you know Mm -hmm. and so that's the big thing so that's the thing why so when I left the center I was like I'm gonna be you know, I'm out here. I just wanted to experience things. It's like the classic Buddhist thing. Like, I'll do anything now to know and to, like, be more involved with the environment around me. Mm-hmm. And so I was just really appreciative of being anywhere, no matter what it was. Because I was like, this is somebody's life. This is somebody's, like, world. You know? And it's just like, I appreciated every house I was in, every interaction I was having. Because it was just like, I was being, everything was just more clear. It's like, I'm not stuck in a pattern yeah. for the rest of my life like this you know i can do like f- like be free spirit kind of thing so i've spent all this time like visiting people visiting friends from the past i felt like i came back to life you know and i was like i'm back on earth thank god and uh and then i ended up finding this like amazing loft i feel like that was like cosmic like i was supposed to be in this loft but it was like a, um on the top of this house in like uptown and it was green like green painted walls all these like crazy tropical plants just like really vintage style like black and white checkered floor and like sweet artwork everywhere like old vintage couches and it's just like a giant loft with a wood-burning stove in the middle as like the fucking heat the only source of heat Mm -hmm. so i was like i was like rustic living like that in the middle of minneapolis you know and there were nights where like i was too drunk or stoned to build a fire and it was like freezing cold and then some nights were like you know, I left the cat outside by accident, and then, like, the next morning, it's like, Meh, you know? <laughs> I was just, like, there's just, like, a lot of, like, different things. I was, like, living by myself. I was kind of doing, like, a bony there, you know? I mean, I was still going out and interacting, but it wasn't quite on the level that I was involved w- with, like, an interpersonal relationship. Yeah. With, so it was, like, solitary confinement. You know? Like, I think that's, that's good, though, right? That's totally... Well, yeah, because I don't... Because, yeah, processing, like, exactly. coming away from something that big, yeah. And to dump that around other people, mm-hmm. nobody wants to, like, be around some psycho who just, like, ran, like, who ran away from a convent. And I told that to my ex-boyfriend, Matt, who, like, he was the first person I, like, got back together with. And, like, as soon as I was out, and he's like, it sounds like you just said that you fucking, like, quit you know, NFL, like, or NHL hockey team or, like, pro hockey. It's, it's like... 
doesn't sound like an awesome thing. And I'm like, you're right, because I just, like, I left this family, and it's kind of like this, like, it felt, like, hysterical, you know, like, oh, you know, like, running away from a crazy burning church. So I spent four months just, like, doing random things, surfing Craigslist a lot, and being really interested in, like, why people, and being sad for a lot of people, like, men seeking women and women seeking men, because, like, those were things that I was wanting while I was at the center of light, Mm. you know, because, like, that's what I couldn't have. Like, that which is forbidden is all the more desirable. Yeah, I bet. So it's like, I was... So then I was, like, I was um, I was owning all of the shit that I wanted, you know? I was like, oh, I'm going to go try it. So, like, that's the first thing. So I'm like, I don't know what to do, <laughs> you know? Like, I just check it out. And, like, I couldn't bear myself just to have, like, one exchange over email. I was just like, oh, this is too much, you know? And then, like, I totally lost all my social skill set. So whenever I was out, I acted like a, you know, like a retard, you know, just because I didn't know how to interact. And, like, I was just overly excited and probably annoying for a lot of people. I grew into it, like, thank God for my chemistry class, like, there was a lot of people in my chemistry courses that were, like, pretty cool and, like, hung out with me and went out, and it was just, like, a lot of, like, kind of refining myself in, on this, in this city. Yeah. And it was really hard and awkward, and I put a, finally, it came down to, just recently, I put, like, a a Minneapolis bike love, I made my own... I made a profile, <laughs> and I made up a new one, because before I was Jamie Minneapolis, and holy shit, that's another story. I'll do, like, t- like title, subtitle, cause, but, um, uh, female biker creates a cult peace ride, and, like, gets slammed on the internet, and what happened was I ended up fucking putting, like, a sign for the peace ride, but then people found all the cult information about the center of light, which, you know, is has to be taken with a grain of salt, of course. Yeah. But when they read that on the Minneapolis Bike Club, Minneapolis Bike Club is just a place to, like, you know, to be to be mean and hurtful for each other and to be helpful for bikes, but then there's all this, also this yeah. side that's all slander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they just totally, like, thrashed me and, like, killed my poor little innocent soul that was learning how to be, like, you know, good Jesus and Mary fucker, you know, it's just... Mm-hmm. So they, they tore me apart before, so I changed my name from Jamie Minneapolis, because my name also changed. I was known as Jamie for two years, mm-hmm. um, but so I was bike, uh, biked up. 7-Eleven, and uh, I put a, on this new bike love dating service, uh, I put up a, a thing, you know, at first I was kind of like, hey, let's have a ride, guys, you know, like, let's create a ride where we can all get together and socialize and fuck each other, you know? Did that, how, well, what happened with that? That Nobody went for that one, or it got creepy? It got awesome. It got awesome. I was like, I was like, nobody responded. They're like, yeah, whatever, isn't every ride a singles ride? And I'm like, fuck off. You're not helping, unless it's a tandem, you know. But I was like, okay, well, let's do it old school. I'm 20, you know, mid-20s, looking for somebody who mountain bikes, like, does this and that. Somebody who knows female anatomy and just, like, listed, like, all these, like, funny shit. Like, it was just, it was pretty funny. You'd have to go see it. It's it's its own thing. But then just blew up. Everybody's like, this thread's good again. And, like, fuck yeah. And, like, what's up, baby? Sup? You know, it was just, like, it got awesome. And I, pro- I slept with one guy from there, <laughs> off of there. And then I met this other guy who I dated for, like, a month. And then and that got strange and... I, I just would figured it, it was just weird. Cause last I, time I, I talked to you, you were dating that guy. That guy <laughs> like, yeah, like, okay. And I really, I liked him, but he was too big of a pothead. Like, way too big of a pothead. Like, all day long? Or, like, too focused on it? Or? Yeah, yeah. Like, jaw. Like, <laughs> I love him. I love him. But it's just, uh, it's, 
not the lifestyle I was looking for, you know, coming out and stuff. So as I was making this transition, I moved into this, like, I'm here right now in this pot, like, punk house, like, art punk house. Mm. It is, like, I feel like also, like, this is this supposed to be the next part of my journey, you know, like, whatever. And so I'm there now and just, like, hanging out and just really, like, observing this amazing group of people that are very dynamic and very they're just they're a couple years younger than me so it's easier to see them Mm -hmm. and so I've always I've been an older sister too so it's like I function better when there's when I'm like an older character and so it's just like so I was like nestled like I was like set in there it was like you know and just like hey (laughs) and it just like showed up and really not much to be missed because it was like I had the same like uh what do you call that volume of like, energy and uh, excitement to, like, trash my body. You know, like, everybody's getting trashed. And, like, I just, like, smoked. You know, especially after I got the IUD put in last week. I was just, like, stoned. And it was 420. And I was just, like, super stoned. And I've been getting wasted off of whiskey. And, like, it's just, like, so different. Well, how about Creep City? Yeah, let's, 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 let's go creepy. The best creepster story I can give you, though, so far is... My experience doing massage and um, giving somebody a massage at the salon I was last working at at G. And um, this guy came in, this Indian guy, and like, I was like, mm, he was like a little weird, but there's a lot of weirdos that just yeah, like. American the, or India? India, like dot India, okay. Indian. And uh, he was like, you're weird, okay, whatever. Start massaging him, and he's like, I really want my legs, like my legs and, and like my back because I've been biking. And I'm like, Legit. Mm-hmm. Legit. You know, and I don't put much thought into it because when you feed that energy, then that grows. So, yeah. no thanks. Uh, so, I start massaging him and his ass starts to kind of like rise up when I'm running through some of his glute muscles. And so, he's like kind of like arching his back and like pushing up like, you know, like how where you're like contracting your the muscles around your pubic area. Mm-hmm. And I'm just kind of like, okay. And I'm starting to get kind of nervous and I'm like, alright, alright, okay. And then I'm don't and then I was just like I had to stop and then I was like oh and I was just like he's fucking trying to like get on me and I was just like I was pissed and so I just like started to work him extra deep like kind of unknowingly or just like reactively and then I was just like okay okay I need to settle down so obviously he picked up on that exchange and <laughs> but maybe he misinterpreted it and thought it was something else mm-hmm. you know and then he grabbed my leg and I freaked out. First, I thought it was an accident, and then he held it. So it was like that nanosecond longer yeah. that was like, uh, oh my god! And I just like I moved back and just like <gasps> everything like th- like thrills through my body, like oh, yeah. you know, just like oh. And on top of it, this guy's scuzzy. He's got a gold necklace. And he smells weird, you know. It's just like you're totally like culturally different from me. So you make it strange and uncomfortable, you know. And so I got nervous and I started talking to him. What I should have done was tell him to that he should go. But what I did was interact with him more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I ended up just, like, talking about his family and his kids and, you know, just trying to, like, stay him interacted and keep him in a real level, you know, yeah. in a real plane. But he still was like, you know, I really want you to massage me more. Like, will you, can I come back to you? And... Like, I mean, I left. I left after the room was done. I probably shortened the massage at least 10 minutes because I was like, I'm out of here. You know, but I went to my boss. I was like, hey, listen, that dude, he cannot come back here again. He's like, I'm like, he touched me. It was very inappropriate. And he was like, well, what, you know, should I talk to him? And it was just like in that moment. And I was like, I would always have my daddy 
take care of, you know, and this is when I started changing shit, and I was like, fuck you, I'm gonna go do it. You know, I didn't say that with that attitude, but I was just like, no, I'm fucking doing it. He walks out, and, like, from the, like, bottom of my heart, I told him exactly how I felt. I was like, dude, what happened in there was really kind of creepy. Like, you touched my leg, and that made me feel really uncomfortable, and then you were, like, raising your butt up while I was massaging your butt. Like, that also made me feel uncomfortable, too, and, you know, I don't think it's, you know, weird. I can't massage you anymore because it's not appropriate, you know? And he was just like, oh, I didn't think I was doing that. And I'm like, you're fucked up, man. I'm really sad. I felt so sad for him. Yeah. I didn't even give a shit that I got felt up. It wasn't about that. And I think I feel the same way if I got raped, I think, at this point now. Because I'm in touch with my body a lot. And that, you know, just being a massage therapist and having sex with, like, innumerable amounts of people. I'm so surprised that I'm not pregnant or have anything. You know, it's like, God heaven sent but like I've been involved with a lot of people in the flesh and so having that I lost I mean yeah I got violated and I dealt with that for a little bit but I held on to that sadness that that guy experienced in his life you know it's it felt so sad yeah what was going it's complex you know like how do you be so disconnected from human beings and I would I feel the same exact way with a murderer you know, you're just so disconnected. Do you think it's like... Do you think a lot of people come into a massage parlor? might not be the right word. No, parlor is definitely yeah, not the right yeah, word. Yeah, do you think they come in with the wrong idea, some of them? Like, that sounds like maybe this guy got turned around a little bit and like, like ah, in America you can go to a massage parlor and you get, and get this. But it's like, no, sorry, sir, that's a very slim amount of them. Those are right. real sketchy ones where they don't actually massage you. I haven't gone there. That is so funny. You know, that's a really good point. Because I, de- I definitely haven't ventured into the idea that people come in with the notion that it's going to be something that it isn't. I think I think you almost <laughs> exclusively rely on people that are fresh to America and apply that like concept to all massage places across the board. Because I think most people would definitely go for the sketchy ones in the back of the city pages and be like, that's where I go for that. But, you know, most of them, it's like right. it's people doing the job and trying to help you. Right. I didn't think about that. But it's really, I want to address that, you know, somehow in the work that I'm doing because I feel like it's in, important to my mission, you know, because I have my own mission for why I'm pursuing body work and pursuing health and, you know, oriental medicine, folk medicine. I I love the space I make for people when they come in for a massage. Like, yeah, granted, like, I'm coming in from, like, this, you know, like, I'm usually either high or feeling nuts or whatever, but when I'm, like, one-on-one with somebody, I give them everything that I have. You know, like, like that a nuclear bomb is going to hit us. You know, it's like I'm giving them love, like, in as much as I can, like, in a non-sexual and, like, in a healthy way, like, touching somebody. I think that's what was important, too. For those two years while I was at the center, I was, like, massaging people. You know, it was like I was um, touching people in a different way. And so I really got to learn how to love people in the physical realm instead of love them in the physical realm from a sexual, like, needing. Yeah. You know, where I, I was giving for two years. I feel like if there was any karma I was paying off, you know, like, it definitely paid off for all of the, like, you know, the debauchery <laughs> of, like, of not, of just, like, taking and, like, raping or, like, masturbating on somebody. Yeah, because that's, that's what they said at the center, and I was like, you guys are right. That's Sometimes you're just masturbating on somebody. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Sometimes it's not a 
two-way street of fun, you mm -hmm. know, or greatness. Sometimes it's just, like, mechanical grossness. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, there has to be that, like, in, that's why Pisces, that's why I love Pisces. Cause Pisces are about, like, the exchange, you know, like, they're the two fish swimming to each other. And, you know, mm -hmm. like, if you feel into that, it's like, that is one thing, but they're two separate things. And it's like, there's a balance, and, you know, you're, you know, there's just something about that. And, like, I don't know, my mom is a Pisces, and so, like, there's something about having a mother who is always, like, in exchange and in connection with you that I really, like, that's one thing. I re I don't often, like, say good things about my mom, but she's she's right there with you. Even if it's, like, her sucking all the energy and you're having to pull all the weight yeah. to stay alive, like, it's still, like, she is connected with you and she'll stay connected. And I think that's, it's you know, connection. That's what it's about for me. You know, it's, like, I want to be connected to people and it might suck all the, and like all, it might kind of zap you, you know, but I want to puke, like, think about it. Hopefully they grow out of it, but then there's, like, there's very, it seems like there's fewer people than you would expect that are, like, next level and aware of things, you know? Right. Like, like, a lot of people are just going through life and, like, doing their thing, but they're not really aware of, you know, what they're putting out and who they are and what they need. They're and what they're creating around them. Yeah. It's like, marching you can, blindly. Yeah. They would always, at the center, they would talk about consciousness and tapping into the consciousness of the city and, like, that there aren't a lot of high-level functioning people here. And I'm like... And that they would tap into them and feel them out if they could, you know, because there's this certain, like, ether uh, that you reach. And I'm like, it could be true, but also, like, where's your humility? <laughs> and it's like, maybe there isn't, you know? Like, maybe there, you know, it's just... I don't know, maybe, maybe, where's my humility? Maybe they are right, I don't know. And that's my next step, I really want to get into the psychic world. I'm kind of scared, but it's like, I'm kind of already kind of tipping on there right now, so. So you know, do you know Chris I see that we're mutual friends with Chris yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, but you don't want to know. I met him at Dumb Brothers. Um, oh, at the library? Yeah, when he worked there, and. Um, Does he no longer work there? I don't know, when he did, when, a long time ago, actually when Michael Wethington worked there, because like, when I was living at the center, uh, we all went to the library once, and then we went into the coffee shop, and I was like, yay, Dumb Brothers, and I was like, oh my god, hot boys. I was like, okay, I gotta lock it up, don't flirt with these guys, <laughs> especially I'm here with the priests, and I walk up to the counter, and across from me stands this, like, this beautiful, thin, like, shiny, smiling teeth, like, beautiful eyes, like, positive energy, whoa, fucking hello, like, right in front of me, and it's fucking Michael. And I'm like, no, <laughs> but then I met Chris and then I was like, and he was there too. And then I like went back there at one point to return a book and I had this huge moral dilemma inside of me for a couple of days or probably off and on for a few weeks. If I wanted to go to the library, you know, it wasn't like this constant thing. I was like, should I, should I, which is like, it would come up once in a while in passing thought. But because I knew I would go there to specifically seek out Michael, <laughs> you know, it was like, I shouldn't, I should be committed to my vow of celibacy but I went there anyways and Chris was there and I was like sweet and I was like oh yeah because I met Michael once like or after I met him at the library and I was like still like oh like you're like the best guy in Minneapolis even though you're two years three years younger than me but so I went there and I was like oh I know Michael like oh and you guys are in a band together that's cool and then like my instant thought was like your band probably sucks you know you guys are you know just a bunch of Rat Pack, you know, Ronamaka kids, and uh, 
Yeah, so so that went down, and I was a fool, and I like, spilled my coffee everywhere, you know, just like kind of making whatever. And I thought it was like super crabby. I'm like, what's your deal? You like seem like a super big crab. And I ended up meeting him much time later, like probably this winter, when I was like starting to get out and be wild. And then I was like, oh, I should go to the food pyramid show. Those run my kids. And I went, and I was like, whoa. This is when I started smoking weed again, and it was like super like trancy, easy listening. You've heard of yeah, the pyramid, yeah. yeah. And I just, like, fell in love, especially because, like, Michael's there just, like, so into the keyboard and, like, I'm, like, the super hot, man, super hot. And I was, like, and then I saw Chris outside and he's totally, like, digging on me, like, oh, yeah. And I'm, like, but I'm in love with your band member and until they broke, sorry, or what? Did they break up? What? No, they're together. I just, like, I had an idea in my head that he was, like, hitting on me and that I broke his heart because I was, like, whatever, but still. Yeah. I'm sure he got it. He gets it all the time. So. We went to college together. We're really? What's he like? Tell me, because I've got all these like funny ideas about what's going on, and I'm just like. Oh. I went to school with Chris. I don't, I don't know. No, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Uh, Well, he was the music director at KVSC, the college campus station. Uh, I was the assistant music director for a little while. He's probably one of the bigger pricks I've mes- met in my life, but he's really sweet at times too. Which is what like, I saw. Yeah, he's a huge fucking asshole though. But then that's like, what I thought. I was like, "You're a crab," and he was like, "I'm like, oh, you're the crabby guy that works at Tolman." And he was mm-hmm. like, "What?" He seems really sweet. You know, we were outside of the fucking bar, probably had a few drinks in them. Yeah, he's one of the only people, like, on a regular basis, where, like, 50% of the time I meet him, I want to fight him, you know? Uh. And I don't I don't fight, and I'm sure he would win, but, like, he's such a... He's really condescending and, like, rude to people. Mm-hmm. It's really crazy. Yeah, like, that's what I felt when I was at Dumb Brothers and I spilled my coffee. I was like, man... The way that you're acting towards me right now makes me feel like I shouldn't even be alive. You yeah. know, like, God, right? I hate to live with yourself as yourself, you know? Like, ugh. Well, he comes from, like, crazy baggage, too, though. Like, his brother's a doctor in Hawaii, and his dad, like, owned this deli in St. Cloud that we both worked at. And I don't think he probably fits into, like, what his family wants for him. Yeah. You know? It's like, he's doing great on his own terms. Like, yeah. he's doing really well. Like, he's thriving, but whatever issues he has, they crop up at least half the time you see him. And you're just like, oh, so you're going to be a fucking asshole tonight. But at the same time, when I first moved to Minneapolis and, like, I quit smoking pot and I was relatively depressed because I couldn't find a job, like, we hung out a couple times and he was really nice. Like, he was really sweet. And then, like, the next time I'd run into him at, like, the video store and he would talk mad shit to me for renting DVDs (laughs) and TV shows. Oh, you're not even here to rent a film? You're gonna rent some TV shows? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna rent one. Oh, he's just trying to love you, but didn't know how. <laughs> he's, yeah. I, well, it's true. Why else? Like, somebody's giving you attention. It's just demented. You know, it's a demented amount of attention. You know, it's like, well, thanks. He's a wacky individual. He's in some early sparkle picnics. Oh. Yeah, he he has contacted me several times to remove his name from any anything that would link him to sparkle picnic. Oh, it's funny. like ah, it's something like a troll man. Sorry, yeah, you're, you're connected. I apologize. Sparkle picnic taps into like the demented worlds that we live in. It really, like I told you about the pigeon thing. I'm like, thank you for expressing what so many people feel like they can't express. Because you know people are out there and want to see and feel and understand that shit. But, they, you know. I am also, like, relatively horrified when people don't understand other people's quirks. Like, mm-hmm. I really love reading The Savage Love every week. Like, oh, in the right? city pages. Like, I feel like it's the best expression of how people are behind closed doors, you know? Like, right. there's people that need certain weird things. And it's like, it's none of your business, right? You know? Yeah. Like, somebody needs this thing over here in order to, like, be happy, that's fine. You should do that. 
But then, like, there's lots of people that are like, that's it's fucking sick. It's sick. I don't, they don't need that. They want that. No, like, I don't know, man. I think they probably, if it makes them happy, they need it. Like, right. Good for them. If they, if they need to, like, jack off with a dirty sneaker over their mouth of, like, their lovers. Cool, man. Like, good. Hopefully they find somebody who's willing to let them use their dirty sneaker, you know? <laughs> like, good for them. It's not, like, somebody's place to be like, that's wrong, you need help. Right. It's well, like they're not hurting anybody. Right, and, you know, they might or may not grow out of it, you know? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Well, usually it's based on some connection in childhood. Like, maybe they had or, a crush yeah. on somebody that smelly sneakers. I don't know what yeah. that would be. Some sort of... Weird power thing, but, but you think you'd like respect that—that that they would like. Oh, that's that's your thing. Yeah, like I mean, you know, like there's so many people that lock on to other people's issues that don't affect them whatsoever, but they're like, no, no, you're bad. Yeah, no, they're not, man. Murderers and like rapists, you know, like there's there's bad things in the world, but then almost everything else is just like people living. Yeah, you know, they have to live. The, they have to go down their own path. Like that's how it is. Mm-hmm. You know. You need to respect that. Come on, everybody. It's so funny. After uh, watching Sparkle Picnic for the first time, like I felt totally comfortable around you, even though I really hadn't really met you. I was like, Jason, yeah. It was like, and I was like, yeah. It was. It's funny because, like, I feel like I could read you through the what you were doing. All right. How much more do you have? Attraction. I have enough. I just. um, Do you have like a any, like, thing to eat? Yeah, for um. sure. Some, um, what I, I, have? Have. I have wheat thins, I have a cranberry pomegranate bar, and I have lots of craisins, which are fantastic. I have a bar. Okay, go for it. Yeah. Oh, there's some the pomegranate. Yeah, go for it. I had the idea that was weird. I knew that the last one was in here by the weight yeah. of the box. I suspected that as well. I just had one earlier. But I was, it was only, I wasn't holding the box. I was like, you holding the box. Well, it was just the way that the the physics of the actual... I, I didn't tell there was one it. bar. I didn't hear maybe crinkling, too. It was just... It's just cool. Every day I feel more and more like an animal, like... I, yeah, I, man, I remember when my mom used to come home, I could always hear her car from, like, a block away. <laughs> Isn't that funny how you can, like, you with enough consistency of hearing that sound, like, you pick up on that sound, you mm-hmm. know? Or, like, you hear the door open down the hallway at, like, a specific time, you're like, that's Jenny! And you Jenny's hear the weight, here. you hear the weight and the gate and everything, and they're stuck. Yeah, you kind of, you just click into things. Yeah. I mean, it's a repetition mixed with, I guess, instinct, I don't know, but, yeah. So, well, whoa, did you see Dan banged up at all prior to, like, Saturday night? Or? Mm-hmm. I went to him the day after. You want to hear the fucked up thing, John? Yes. The guy I was dating? We were making weed brownies, and I was like, I'm so tired, I need to go to bed. And, like, I was feeling weird and jealous, but, like, he came in, and, like, some people ate the brownies that I, like, bought all the weed for and bought all the weed, and, like, I guess they were, like, all hanging out. And I felt jealous that he didn't come up and be like, hey, you know, I would want to be woken up for, like, you know, a gathering. I guess I should have told him that, but prior to, but we were just starting to date. Anyways, I, uh, they, what what the fuck happened? They were eating weed brownies, and... And then all of a sudden, like, somebody must have came home with them, Christopher Graham, who was roommates with John, and, like, told John, like, dude, Dan just got hit by a bus, you know, at 11. So I'm half asleep, 
And John comes up to me. He's like, oh. And Maria woke up. He's like, hey, oh, the brownies are done. And, oh, Natalia had some and stuff. And it was just, like, the, a really weird way to put it. Like, I would, I would get mad, and then I did. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Then he's like, but I need to tell you the bad news. And I was thinking in my head, there's bad news? Like, what? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? And uh, he's like, Dan got hit by a bus. Like, that's how he put it. And I was like, I was like, what? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I shot out of bed. Like, yeah. at first I thought, Dan is dead. Or yeah. he's on his way to death. Dan is dying. And I was like, oh my God. And at that moment, I was like, I love Dan Lanzo. You know, it's like one of those things where it's like somebody you think could be close to death and you're just in like enamored like and you like need to be around them because it's like it's just a protective I don't know what it is but it's just like it happened and uh so I just I I freaked out I started bawling like fuck I'm like who presents information to somebody like that you know and he's like oh well, he's he's in hospital what a uh, critical condition I don't know what it was but so I was like I need to go now and he's like really like you know I was still half asleep obviously but that next day, I, like, visited him at 3.30, and he just had a busted-up lip, and he looked, like, fucked up, and we had plans to do the Almanzo together. He was working a million times harder than me at it, and I wasn't working at all. What's the Almanzo? Almanzo, it was actually, it's a royal. It's in three weeks. It's a 162-mile gravel race ride. It's hilly in Minnesota, like, southern Minnesota, I think. Unless it's Wisconsin. I'm not sure, but it's, uh, it's you get a 15-hour window to do it. And it's it's pretty competitive, and people are like it's pretty much the ride from hell. Everybody wants to wants to die, you know. Yeah, I was like, really I thrilled Dan. to see you guys come in on Saturday. Yeah, I was like so, I was happy so to see yeah. moving around. Okay. Yeah, no, it's uh, there was something about it. I was like, hey, you want to come out to this party? I just like knew I had to go pick him up, and he wouldn't work towards asking for a ride. It's so amazing though that like he's so functional after such an accident, like. Holy shit, Dan's what you've got a neck brace on, you've got a cast, but you you're da- still Dan Wanzel. You know, like he's still it wasn't like I was worried it was gonna be really sad if I saw him. Like I was supposed to go visit him like two weekends ago and I was like, Alright, we're gonna come by at this time, is that fine? And then he was like, Yeah, let's put it off, I'm still at my parents' house and it was like that was like the only window I had to visit him really because mm-hmm. I don't drive, you know, and mm-hmm. he's way out there. So I was really happy to see him. Like, but and then I was really bummed out that I was like the last person to hear about it too. Like mm-hmm. I feel like Dan and I are pretty close. And then I was like, Adam just said offhandedly, like he's like, yeah, so and so was really upset about Dan getting hurt. And I was like, what? You mean like six months ago? No, Saturday night he hit a bus. Right. And I was like, what? Yeah, he's in the hospital. He broke his back. What? <laughs> What the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. I yeah, got the tail into that. Well, how was the show? Like, how did Dan have a good time? Was it fun? It was fuck. Like, he's like was on some drugs, and he like I think I mean he's got some sick willpower. He's gonna heal fast just because he's out moving around. But it's probably like you know like it's good for him because I'm sure he's gotten enough rest. But he was just like hanging out, and there's like a mosh pit, and like he got moved or bumped around, splashed on by beer, and I'm like told his mom I wouldn't get him drunk, that I'd, like, break his toes if he drank and stuff. But, like, yeah, I for- didn't really explain that he'd be around a mosh pit mm-hmm. and, like, yeah, and shit like that. My next podcast is going to be with Jordan. Fuck yes. I know Jordan's got the craziest fucking stories as well. I'm curious to hear what he has to say. I've been trying to line one up for a while, but he's really busy all the time, too. So... Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that was the Sarah podcast. Quite a good lineup of stories, I would say. Definitely things you wouldn't normally hear from, like, other people. So, way to go, Sarah. This would normally be the period of time where I would say, hey, you should call the Sparkle Picnic voicemail number. And then I would give you the voicemail number. And then I would say, hey, I might use these on the show. Isn't that cool? Except for the number no longer exists. After 30 days of non-use, it vanishes the accounts erased. And unfortunately, I forgot to call myself and leave a voicemail message to keep it open. And of course, nobody else actually calls it, other than Mick once in a while. So, no more Sparkle Picnic voicemail for a few minutes. However, if you if you enjoyed this podcast, which I hope you did, it took quite a bit of time to put into it, or the Sparkle Picnic uh, sketch comedy show, or both. Hey, wow, both? You really you like both? That's that's great to hear. You can go on Facebook and find us. We have a group on there. Or you can go on sparklepicnic.com, and you can find links to everything, every little thing, Sparkle Picnic-y related. All right, the final moment of this podcast before the next one comes out next month is a voicemail from Mr. Mick Thrombite. It are his thoughts on... Walk four. He not four. Hi, Sparkle Picnic. Um, I don't understand walk four events. I mean, I know people pledge money for however many miles you say you're going to walk. Uh, I think I did one of these once, and I don't even think I showed up for the actual event, but um, I'll be damned if I didn't collect money. But what a stupid fucking idea, and how original nowadays. I submit that we end walk four and walk against fundraisers. From now on, we should only have pony ride against type fundraisers. Because who doesn't like ponies other than me? I don't care for them. Or if you don't like that one, we could have a midget beating against breast cancer. The form could start, I pledge blank amount of dollars to Mr. McDonfight for each midget he beats unconscious. <clears throat> now the previous statement may be offensive to midgets, but I'll be damned if breast cancer wouldn't meet its end after just one of these fundraisers. Although, half the money would have to go to the construction of the arena or the midget coliseum, as I would prefer it to be called. Total estimated cost, $100 million. But after this fundraiser, zero boobies would have to be lopped off. Come on, everybody. This will be fun. We can make ribbons.
I'd be so very good for you. I've missed my chance of yours, Don. Hooray for class of 91. I hope your summer's lots of fun. Dan Flores, you're the one. 